back to the Buckeye Remix. This is Jeff Needs Sports. I'm Jeff. This week, on the, we don't have a game to remix, so to speak, but it, it's it's playoff week. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of kind of got a big game this week. We got the uh, the uh, Sugar Bowl between uh, the Clemson Tigers and the Ohio State Buckeyes coming up uh, Friday, January first. So um, you know, if anybody's new to the show, once again, I appreciate you giving me a chance and checking us out. Um, you know, returning listeners, returning viewers. Um, you know. Once again, um, you know, I love you all and I, I really, really appreciate the support. So um, we're going to get through this together, uh, guys. Uh, you know, I don't think any realistic Buckeye fan thinks that uh, we're going to walk away with a victory this week. As, as we do in normal weeks, we're kind of spoiled as Buckeye fans. And um, I take that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to be spoiled. But, uh, you know, this week we've got the Clemson Tigers. Uh, <laughs> we know what the last few um, – few games have been like versus Clemson, especially last year, the uh, thriller that, uh, you know, didn't go our way. Uh, a lot of a lot of bad memories from that. But, uh, you know, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about this week and um, we're going to we're going to figure out we're going to figure out a way to get this done. So, um, you know, f- first of all, huge shout out to uh, my wife. Uh, she got me an actual an adult um, studio chair for the shows, uh, it's, it's a game changer. Uh, you know, we're talking lumbar support, the whole nine yards. So, you know, shout, shout out to my lovely wife for doing that for me. Um, these shows may, these shows may turn into six, seven hour broadcasts just because of that. Um, got some new lighting up, trying to work on some things. So things are kind of coming around 2020. looks like it's going to be a, a good time. So, uh, and then, you know, another thing, you know, we just got through the, I hope everybody had a good holiday weekend, you know, good Christmas, if you know, you celebrated or just had a good time with your family or whatever, and, and everybody's doing well out there. That's most importantly. So on to the game. So, uh, here's what we're going to do this. Here's what I did. You know, you, you, um, you guys can all go look at the numbers and everything for yourself. So I dug into some of them. What I'm going to do is I kind of went through like categories that I feel are the most important for any game, any football game played. And then I kind of rated the teams on those categories. And then we'll talk a little bit about how I came up with my ratings. Um, you know, first of all, anybody watching, you're not going to love it. Anybody listening, you're probably not going to love it. But, you know, I, I, I got to be I got to be honest. I owe you guys that much. It doesn't it doesn't mean that I'm saying Ohio State can't win this game. I'm just simply saying that, you know, if you look at if you look at the teams top to bottom where, you know, Ohio State is at a disadvantage. But we all know that, you know, Everybody, I just watched, uh, you know, the Sugar Bowl and the national championship from 15. We know anything can happen. We can change anybody's mind. So that's the most important thing is to be optimistic. So I'll give you my overlay here and we'll get to uh, we'll get to my rankings. Rating, sorry. Um, I I didn't have to do college football rankings this week. You guys got to know what those are, right? We can get into that a little bit real quick. Uh, I said last week on the show, uh, I did my show before the college football rankings came out. Uh, I, I really believe that Notre Dame didn't have a chance to get in. I told you all the reasons why. I didn't see how you could get thumped by a playoff team that you know is going to be in the, the what, 10 days before the playoffs, 11, well, 13 days before the playoffs, and then get in. I didn't see the, the, the common sense in that. I did come around on that a little because, you know, even though we just saw Notre Dame get beat by a playoff team, if, if that would have happened in the first week of the year, we would have forgiven it. So I think I'm a, I'm a little more lenient on that, that it was a little more fair. And then, you know, every, it, there was a lot of arguments that Texas A&M wasn't as good as I thought. And then once you got past Texas A&M, you know, obviously, even though I think Florida is better than all the teams, 
I think Florida is the third best team in the country. I totally understand you can't put a three-loss team in over a Notre Dame. So I did come around on the logic of it, even though I don't. I still didn't think that Notre Dame deserved in because of how recently they lost to Clemson. But that's you know I do. I did come around on, on the logic of it. I had a lot, of, a lot of. Uh, conversations on Twitter about it this week, like conversations on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I'm a reasonable guy. So it, it is what it is. So Notre Dame's in. Good for you. Uh, good luck versus Bama. Um, you'll need it. Yeah, like like all, anybody does that plays Bama. All right, let's get on these ratings here. High State Clemson. Let's, let's look at these matchups. Now, it's going to be a little shock here, but, you know, we got to pull the Band-Aid off. This is what I come up with. Okay. So um, I'll read these off for, you know, we got a lot of people that, that just listen, don't get a chance to watch the show, which I recommend watching the show. Go check out my Facebook page, YouTube, um, you know, just to see what it's all about. A little feedback. It's awesome. Uh, if you're listening, like, share and review as usual. So uh, here, here we go. So what I did for the listeners, I got team advantages. So I, these are the categories that I came up with that I thought were really important rather than like specific players and position groups. I kind of broke it down into, um, you know, uh, kind of task on the field so you got quarterback obviously most important position in football then i got like receiving which essentially just receiving core includes running backs tight ends everybody uh, i got a rushing attack i kind of just put it under like a rushing attack because you know quarterbacks are involved in that too so you can't just put running backs and then that filters that, that includes the offensive line too so then i've then i've got passing defense which is just generally that that includes everybody. So then, you know, that way you're factoring in linebackers. You're kind of factoring it. You're also factoring in D line, you know, any um, problems that they make, uh, things like that. Secondary, of course. And then I got run defense, same thing, tackling, you know, pressure at the line, uh, you know, penetration by the defensive line, linebackers, you know, maintaining their job, you know, things like that. Yeah. Then I've just got kind of D line because I, I am a, a person that believes D line is probably the, I don't know if it's the most important, position group in football but it is it determines a game we see it year after year after year after year and so i put d line as as another group and then i put coaching in there and that, and that means coaching staff you know defensive off everybody the whole the whole coaching staff as a whole so that's how i rate them um then when i went down through it didn't come out great but i will give you some reasons why so let's start at quarterback uh justin fields versus trevor lawrence two of the one of the best matchups we've ever seen that's not hyperbole it's it's a great matchup um you know, these, uh, these guys are wonderful. So, um, let's talk a little bit about that real quick. Sorry about that guys. Got some, got some info coming in. Let's, uh, anyway, let's get back to it. So quarterbacks. So I, I, I gave the, you can see right now, if you're watching anybody that's listening, I gave, I gave the advantage to Clemson. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Trevor Lawrence is one of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen ever. Uh, he's one of the best college football prospects in general we've ever seen. Absolute number one pick in the NFL draft next year, assuming they, that team needs a quarterback, you know, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, so, you know, this year, you know, he sat out a couple games because of COVID. They actually lost a game. But when he's on the field, we've all seen what he's done. He's won, what, three playoff games. He's won a national championship. You know, he went toe-to-toe with LSU for a while. That, that game, the, it wasn't his fault they lost to LSU last year. So, he he's played four great playoff games and and four chances. Uh, you know he was the difference in the high state game last year. Absolutely the difference for right, wrong, or different. Whatever he did, he got them the win. He was the difference, and so I gave them the advantage. Basically, what popped out this year is uh, we you know we've seen what what Fields has done. He's a great quarterback. 
but this year hasn't we you know a lot of it's a six game schedule we won't beat that into the ground anymore we've talked about it we know that they're not a full this team isn't full steam ahead right now but uh you know the biggest thing i saw is He's got sacked 18 times. They've only played six games. That is that really jumped out to me. I understand that some of it's the O line fault, but if anybody's watched, you know Lawrence has held the ball a little bit. He's, you know, those those sacks when he's scrambling, you know, I don't like. I, I'm sure most of you know, but if you don't, if you're scrambling, running out of the pocket, even if you run out of bounds and lose yards, that's a sack. So some of those sacks are on a quarterback. You know, with that, when you don't throw the ball away and you're chased way out of there, you get way out of the pocket and you get tackled for a loss or you run out of bounds, that's a sack. So it's not always just getting blasted in the pocket. So the O-line gave up a few, but I think, you know, I think, I think Law or Fields is responsible for at least half of those. That really jumped out. Now he does have 274 yards rushing this year. Which, which is a lot for six games. So I think that in a Clemson game, and you know, we're talking like this is it, do or die situation, his legs could really become important. Um, he's actually a better all-out runner than Lawrence, even though Lawrence is a little more explosive, you know, out of the pocket. Um, Lawrence does a lot of his running in the red zone. He's so effective. I mean, he when he runs the RPO in the red zone, it is deadly. But and I'd say from 20-yard line back, Fields is a better – you know, a better game changer as a runner. But um, I, I gave I gave the nod to uh, Lawrence. But they're both they're both really good quarterbacks. Excited to see it. Uh, receiving. So here's what jumped out to me. Initially, all year we've talked about Ohio State's had one of, if not the best receiving, you know, groups in America, talent wise. And we went on and on and on. We're not wrong about that. But then, so I when I'm I'm actually got a, a playoff team rating coming out for the website off the ball website this week. So as I'm, you know, doing my research, I realize 74 of the receptions are Wilson and Alavi. The third highest receiver as far as receptions on the team is Ruckert with nine. It jumps from Wilson and Alavi, you know, they've each got over 30, jumps down to Ruckert with nine. That that just blew me away. So this isn't a team that's I don't, you know, we talked about the receiving core. The the running backs aren't aren't, aren't catching many. I think Sermon might have eight. Um, you know, the H backs, the tight ends, you know, are all under 10 receptions. I don't care if it's six games or not. That's that's really, really low. So that that scares the you know, that scares me. As good as Wilson and Law they are, man, you can't have a two-team receiving core. So really jumped out. Then I looked at Clemson. You know, Rodgers and Powell have 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns. They average 15 yards between them per reception. And then you got Travis Etienne, who's got 44 receptions and another 500 yards. So receiving core, checkmark Clemson. I mean, they spread the ball around. There's, I know they had more games. Even if you cut these stats in half, they're, they're, What my point is they spread the ball around. They, they bring their tight end into it. They actually use their tight ends, uh, which is different than Ohio State. Highest, we're, keep in mind, I understand there's give and take here, and we're going to get to the rushing attack. But as far as the receiving core goes, Clemson spreads the ball out more. They have very, very talented outside receivers too. You know, they're they they could easily. It's like let's not act like they couldn't play for high state. All their receivers could play for high state. So, you know, I gave the check mark to Clemson because you know what else am I supposed to do? Uh, when you when I when you look at the numbers, um, you know, it's just it was tough. But uh, so once again, <laughs> check mark to the receiving core, of Clemson. So then, so let's move down to the rushing attack. So this is where it got a little better for Ohio State. Um, 
clearly the more effective uh, running game this year. Sermon and Teague but average between them 200 yards a game. The team averages 275 a game, which is crazy. That's crazy numbers in six games. I don't. If you're playing air, it's hard to get 270 yards a game. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I, I'm just going. I based everything on um, you know numbers and stats. It just got react to some comments here. Numbers and stats, stats and everything. Um, I, I promise I was unbiased as anybody can get as much as I want the high state to win. So rushing tech. Let's get back to it. Um, yeah. So Teague, Teague. So basically, Sermon Teague Fields over 200 yards a game between them all. We talked about you know Fields a little bit. You know. It's part of that running attack, which also means the offensive line's getting it done. Our receivers, uh, you know, downfield blocking, high state receivers done a great job this year. Um, you see, like Jackson Enigma, you know, that guy is always blocking his butt off. You know, and we talked about it. These guys aren't getting a lot of receptions, but they're still putting in the work downfield. The run, the running game is, I think, legit. I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think they build up stats versus lesser opponents. I really think they got a really nice running game. Sermon and Teague are both. You know, a little more of a physical back. You may not get that. You're not going to get the 75 yard breakaways like you did with Dobbins, but that's all right. You'll take 20 yards of carry. So, um, so, sorry, reading stats. Anybody watching audio or watching stats? Um, I appreciate that. We'll show that real quick. Really appreciate this. Love the feedback. Um, so, and then, but let's talk about, you know, Clemson's running attack is no joke. I mean, Travis Etienne is the best running back in the country. I don't care, between, especially between, you know, running and receiving. Now, he has been held down a couple games. I won't pretend I can go back and watch that game film. It's really hard to get, like, especially all 22 college game film and stuff. Um, you know, but he has had some, he's had some games where he got held down a little. I, 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 I don't think it's his talent, but maybe it's an offensive line issue, but still it was a nick. It was, a, you know, it's a nitpick. Uh, still 13 touchdowns. I mean, the guy, but what he does do is breakaway. He averages 5.6 yards a carry. So even the games, what he's had, quote unquote, a bad game, the whole season, we're talking, well, I think they're, you know, 11 games, uh, 5.6 a carry, crazy, 13 touchdowns. Lawrence doesn't have the yards that like Fields, you know, does, but uh, the guy, the guy can explode at any moment. So he's always a threat, which opens up everything else. It opens up the the run pass option, or opens up the, just the running option. Really dangerous. I gave, you know, I I did give Ohio State the edge in this because I I, I can't deny the 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 um the amount <laughs> that they've put up and how they've pushed teams around. Um, but one thing I say about Clemson: thirty-one total rushing touchdowns this year. Now I think Ohio State would have been close to that with a full season. So I'm not, you know, it's not drastic. But man, that's that's thirty-one rushing touchdowns for a team. That's it's quite impressive. But check mark Ohio State um, pass defense. <laughs> yeah, we all know where this is going. I don't think it's any secret. Ohio State fan, like no, everybody knows where this check mark's going. But um, so. I kind of look at pass defended. OSU had 23 passes defended in six games. That was pretty good. Now that can mean they get tested a lot and they come up big. That can mean, you know, swatted down. Like, you know, that can mean two things. It can mean you've done really good or it can mean that they're not scared to throw at you, which is part of it. They, you know, even Northwestern tested seven banks and Wade. So, you know, is that is that, that they're being that uh, teams aren't scared of them and take a chance? Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a mixture of both. So you look at Clemson, only 33 passes defended, but does that mean they're not thrown at them? Because Clemson's a different animal. They they confuse people. You know what they do with their safeties and linebackers and everything is really impressive. That is what that was the difference in the high state game last year. Honestly, 
is that their confusion, their disguises, uh, Venables, wonderful defensive coach. So, you know, Ohio State has six interceptions, uh, not bad. Some of them really mattered. Some of them, yeah. Um, you know, in the Northwestern game, a couple of them really, really mattered. Uh, Clemson had 13 interceptions, but of course, you know, in a, in a full season, 13, that's, that's good. Of course they are going to, um, you know, high state allows, but here, here's where things start getting a little, little sideways. A high state allows 260 yards and 1.5 touchdowns plus 62% completion rate as to where Clemson is under 200 yards passing and only one touchdown and 53% completion rate. So clearly Clemson is the better, the better pass defense. And anybody that's watched these games, I don't even have to explain this any farther. High state has some issues in pass defense. And uh, that is a big, 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 big problem come Friday. Uh, it's just the truth guys. Um, so let's move on to run defense. Uh, OSU 90, they, you know, they, they only give up 96 yards a game, 3.4 average, pretty good. Uh, they have a, they have, they're, they're really good at the point of attack on their defensive line. You know, we've talked about all year. They don't have that edge rusher, but they're really good at the point of attack. They're pretty sure tackling group. Like the running backs don't break the, like break the tackles. Like they, I think maybe even a year ago, I think this group tackles a little better than a year ago, even though they don't have the talent on the, you know, on the edges like they had. But um, really, really nice job this year. Um, teams and then a lot of teams get a lot of yards because, you know, early in the season when you're you're scoring a lot and you're constantly giving the ball back, like teams can chalk up yardage. That's why I put the three point four yards average carry, not bad in today's college football. But then you move to Clemson, they give up a hundred yards a game, roughly the same as Ohio State, only a two point eight yard average. They only give up 0.7 touchdowns a game. So they give up less than a rushing touchdown a game. That is hard to give up less than a rushing touchdown a game. Um, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but, um, you know, it is what it is once again. Uh, and then Clemson's uh, safeties and linebackers are are phenomenal. They're, they're, they're just a little better than Ohio State's. I don't know what else to say. Um, as far as just objectively looking, you know, our linebackers are a really good run stopping group. That's their thing. But, um, you know, part of run stopping is, it, you know, getting through gaps and, and, and tackles behind the line of scrimmage and Clemson excels at that. And we'll talk about why in a minute. So another check mark to Clemson on run D. Um, I swear, <laughs> I, you know, I went through this objectively. This is just what – now that doesn't mean they're huge. Keep in mind, I'm just giving check marks here. You know, like we'll say receiving might be, you know, 40, 60. You know what I mean? Like that, that check mark doesn't mean that it's a, a blind side. It's just I got to find some way to do this, guys. Um, so let's talk about the defensive front. I just I kind of went as a defensive front because, you know, I don't want to separate just defensive linemen and linebackers and all that it's too we all know that if you got seven men in the box that's your defensive front if your linebackers are dropping back and you're only rushing three then that's that's the defensive line that play so just as a as general rule we're just going to go with defensive front um you know a high state's not bad uh you know 17 sacks total i, I that's not bad for you know six games um but now Togi has a leader with three. We're talking interior lineman with as the leader with three. That's great for your interior line, but we don't have the edge rusher. We don't have a way to you know push quarterbacks out of the pocket. You know, it's it's a little scary. But that doesn't mean our defensive line's bad. It's just they're not a pass rushing group, so to speak, especially. Um, uh, Haskell Garrett's had a great year, four tackles for loss, but he he's disrupted a lot of teams, and uh, that's going to be huge. Like you're going to need him in the backfield. 
you're going to need him to get to know Trevor Lawrence very, very well, you know, to have a chance Friday. <laughs> okay, so here we go. We got to move on to Clemson defensive line. Man, I tell you what, they it's they, they've really put something together down there. Uh, they got seven guys with over three sacks. Keep in mind, our sack leader's three. They got three sacks. They got seven guys with three-plus sacks. They got 44 total sacks on the year, which it, it, that's pretty impressive, you know, almost three a game or throw over three a game, um, negative 296 sack yards. That's huge. I mean, that's impact plays. That means you're getting to the quarterback way behind the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Uh, really, really. And that's how you, that's how you're going to get the ball back on downs and all that really causing a lot of trouble, uh, tackles for loss. This is where they excel more than any, I think, I think more than anybody in the country. I think it's a bet. This is the best defensive line in the country when they got eight players with five tackles for loss. And I was generous with that. It's their tackles for loss down the board on their team. It's the, the vast majority of their defense has a tackle for loss because they, they, um, they do run disguises so well. They do penetrate so well. They are not, they are not Venables is not afraid to attack blitz in any situation. Their tackles for loss are off the charts. Their negative yards are off the charts. I mean, Really, a phenomenal group. Um, I don't have an answer. I, I wish I had an answer for how you attack that group. Uh, we saw it versus Notre Dame; they didn't have an answer, and that, that's a great offensive line. So, very scary. Like their defensive line, both these defensive lines are good, but Clemson and they've got the rotation. They're deep. You know, they're rotating six, seven guys in there. I mean, they got freshmen that are as good as anybody in the country. Really, really impressive. Once you start looking at it and, and watching some of the plays back, but. Uh, so check Mark Clemson defensive line. Check Mark Clemson. Um, yeah, I, I hope I hope nobody's mad at me for this. It doesn't mean I'm not rooting for the Buckeyes. I'm just giving you information. I could be. I hope I'm, I could be totally wrong about all this. You know, let's be let's be let's be real. So um, <laughs> that was a tough one there, man. I I, I thought it was going to be closer than it was, but whew, man, uh, they got some they got some real monsters on the defensive line. Uh, coaching. I mean, Dabo's clearly the edge. Uh, you know, he's won a couple national championships. He's won playoff games. You know, his coaching staff is great. Not that Ohio State's is bad, but there's no – there's just the, – the the proof is there. You know, the team is there. They, they, they've they really excelled in giant games. Um, wh whatever you think of the dude personally, I'm sure Clemson fans love him. Everybody else in the country seems to dislike him. That is – I don't factor that in here. It's it's how – how's his team built, you know, even if he's done the recruiting, let's Venables. However, you want to divide it up. Their coaching staff's done a great job. Position top to bottom, this team is solid. They don't they don't have glaring weaknesses at, at any position. Uh, they've recruited well. I mean, and and like I say, Dabo's done it. Uh, Day's a really really good coach, really successful coach so far. But we like he is nowhere on nowhere on the plane um, of Dabo. But that doesn't mean that that can't change in one game. That changes in one game this week. But as of now. You know what else can what else can I say, guys? Um, so overall, Clemson obviously you know has the edge. Um, if we want to talk for a second, how Ohio State can win, uh, my this is just my personal. I think you got two choices. I think you can say screw it and just air it out, put pressure on the secondary, try to get your pass interferences. Hope Alave and Wilson make great catches, runs after the catch. Um, things like that, I you know, I think that's one way to just to just like kind of like um, a little bit like we did with Cardell Jones when he had to take over for Barrett in 15. Like what they think you're going to do is run Ezekiel Elliott every play, air it out, 
throw bombs. That can I mean, because that's that's your that's when you're taking the least amount of talent against each other. Now you're at now you're at wide receiver versus defensive back, and you've given yourself you know a one-on-one challenge as opposed to what we'll talk about next is if you you know, go for a running ball or try to grind it out. Now you're now you're factoring in seven players versus eight or nine players, and now you know you're bringing different things into it. Now, personally, I think I think the best chance is to really, 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 really focus on the run game. You know, you're going to have to use play action passing. You're going to have to use a lot of options. You have to use a ton of RPO. You know, more more like um, you know, if we want to think back to like a JT Barrett, Terrell Pryor kind of offense, to where I think Fields' legs have to be a threat every play, or this game is going to go sideways quick. I think if they try to if they try to drop him back and play like they've been playing, like you know, we even saw Northwestern shut it down. I think it's big trouble, um, me personally, because I think they'll come after him. I think they'll get to him. I think we'll always be behind the sticks. And then you're then you're once you get to second and fifteen, Clemson's going to pounce. I, I really do. And then when you turn the ball over, even if you can hold him back, you know we know that Lawrence and Etienne are going to score. Like we absolutely know we're going to score. We're not going to keep them from scoring. There's just no way. So um, I really think that, you know, Ohio State has to come into it with a, you know, a, you know, a ground and pound mentality, really factor fields into the running game. It's got everything's got to be quick and faster than it has or that defensive line is going to eat lunch down there in Louisiana. So that's my opinion. I think you 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 focus on the running game, run a ton of option. You know, you're going to be in third and fives and stuff a lot. You're probably going to have to go for it on, you know, several fourth downs, honestly to keep the chains moving, but, um, you know, you're eating clock and then you've brought mistakes. Like if you, if this, you know, if it works like say the Northwestern game and you can get sermon or Teague or your fields or whoever in the end zone or, you know, quick passes, however you want to get there. And it takes you six minutes to get there. Well, then you've, now you've brought, you know, a helmet on a ball into play. If Clemson can turn the ball over and you can do that again, now you've ate, we'll say you've ate 11 minutes off the clock, you know, and you get 10 points out of it. That, then you can, you know, you've got something manageable. I think if you come out with the and play the exact same way that they've played all season, I, I, I think it plays into. I think it really like this is one of the worst matchups that Ohio State could have had. I think it plays perfect. I would honestly, Alabama's a better matchup because Mac Jones doesn't run the ball. Like we know where Mac Jones is going to be. You know, Notre Dame knows where Mac Jones is going to be. He's going to be five yards behind the center. If you can get there, he's there. Uh, not, not Lawrence. Um, it's crazy. You saw what he did against Notre Dame, man. When he's got it going, he's got it going. Yes, I. Oh, I think Ohio State has to run the ball successfully. Um, yeah, yeah. It's that's it. Yeah, or else is a good. I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that assessment. Um, yeah, it's it's an uphill battle for Ohio State. But I mean, you know, we all know turnovers, um, injuries, not either side of the ball. I mean, any anything can change a game. Um, it's it's not hopeless, no, you know. There's a reason they're in there. High State has a ton of really good athletes. I just, you know, with the with the short year, you know, some you know, especially Dabo thinks it's an advantage. It, it is or it isn't. The team never got to gel. I don't even really think we know who, you know, is going to play safety. I don't think you know what you know. Maybe Hilliard. Maybe that's a key. Maybe we discovered something in the Big Ten championship game where he's a factor. But, um, you know, it's a lot of this is on field shoulders. Um, that's just the way it is in big time college football. Uh, how does he respond? You know, if if either team, much like Clemson last year, if Ohio State gets down 17 points, we know in college football, you only need five minutes to come back from that. 
you know, can they muster up, you know, the, the guts to do it? Uh, we, we really don't know because this year has been so funky. But, um, yeah, we can hope so. So, you know, that's it, guys. Um, obviously, I think, you know, my, my professional opinion is I think Clemson wins the game. That doesn't mean I'm not rooting for the Buckeyes. Um, I will be as sick to my stomach as always, uh, hoping they win. Um, I, I, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm excited for the Notre Dame Alabama game. So, regardless, um, yeah, I'll, I'll either be, um, you know, exuberant to see you guys next Sunday, or you know, I will have, to, I will personally have to muster up the personal uh, intestinal fortitude. Or as uh, as Desmond Howard would say, testicular fortitude to uh, to make it here and do this show. So um, that's it. Um, I appreciate everybody that's listened. Appreciate everybody that's watched. Um. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yeah, that's 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 a big. You know, that's a, that's a good point there. Talent helps, and that's that's a real thing. Yeah, I'm not giving up on them, but just objectively, um, you know, I I don't think it's that close, but. Hey, I, I love being wrong this time. So uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, check out Jeff Needs Sports. I uh, got a lot of stuff coming for 2021, um, some big things. And uh, go to Off Ball Network. Check out everybody. Check out some of the cool articles you know, we're writing, rankings, and things like that we've got going on. Um, have a happy new year. Um, try to enjoy your week. Uh, try to enjoy the football. It's it re- Always remember, it's a, it feels like it, but it's not the end of the world. Either side, Clemson or Ohio State, it's not the end of the world. It just feels like it for a few minutes, maybe a few days or so. But um, yeah, yeah, you guys are awesome, and uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate you all. Have a great week. Uh, be kind and go Bucks. Mm-hmm.